This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we have our friend Rachel Liner. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to see you. We haven't seen you in so long. It's been it's been a few years. It's pretty crazy. It's been a few years? Well, <laughs> since I've seen you, yeah. I oh bumped into Brenda God. once randomly at Penn Station, but... <laughs> it was in a great experience. Well, That's about it. This is the beauty of Instagram, because I feel like I've seen you. We were yeah. just talking about that. We, we were just talking like about that. last week. Mm. I don't feel like I haven't seen you. <laughs> Fully <Amazing>. agreed. <laughs> Amazing. See, there's something good on Instagram. (laughs) Something special. There's something good. But yeah, Miranda, go ahead. So, Rich, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so like Julia said, my name is Rachel Liner, and I'm from Merrick, which is also the hometown of these beautiful ladies um, in New York. And I am currently a senior at Boston University. I study advertising, but outside of that, I have a photography business called Rachel Liner Photography. (laughs) And yeah, so I've been doing that since I was 15, and I, I love it, and it's just yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to get really We're going to dive into, into that. that because that's one of the reasons why we have Rachel here. We're going to talk a little bit about starting your own business in your 20s, which yes. I feel like a lot of 20-year-olds out there are trying to do. We're starting our little thing in yeah. our 20s, and Rachel's an incredible example <laughs> of how to do that and how to do that through college, and we're going to get really deep into all of that fun stuff. For sure. And we've known Rachel since she just said she started when she was 15 and we've known her since then. So it's been really cool to even without us knowing the ins and outs of photography, which we don't. (laughs) But even so to see just how much she's grown, of course, individually as a person, but also just how much her talent has Gone about I'm, how, blushing, how I'm blushing. I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see where Rachel is purple right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so it's it's so cool to watch someone you know not only chase after their dreams and be super successful with them, but just see how much they can learn themselves mm-hmm. and how much they can inspire other people, probably without even knowing to, to do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I remember meeting Rachel like. We went to high school together, and she was always running around with her camera. And it's like, <laughs> it's come such full circle for you. It's amazing. It's, it's crazy. so incredible. So let's, let's start really at the beginning. How'd you get into photography? Yeah, so this is a fun story. So <laughs> um, when I was, I think, 13, my family went on a little vacay to Puerto Rico. And my dad had noticed that I had been kind of getting more into photography and you know, he owned a camera, but no one ever used it except me kind of ordeal. And so he noticed that and he asked me one morning that we were there if I wanted to wake up 
early um, when the sun was rising and go walk around old San Juan and take photos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's uh, of course I'm totally down. <laughs> so we did that and I just we walked around for a few hours and I was just taking photos and it was one of my first like poignant memories of loving photography and I have this one photo that I took where it was like a tabby cat crossing this cobblestone street and it was glistening in the sunrise and you could see the the like turquoise water in the background and I I remember when I took the photo the cat was crossing the street like perfectly in the middle and I like looked down after that and I was like oh like I like this like (laughs) I think this is something that I love so that's kind of like my earliest memory of loving photography um yeah oh my god and how cool of your dad to kind of see that in you Mm. and want to want to experience that with you yeah no excitement it's been awesome like throughout all these years I feel like my parents have been my biggest cheerleaders through it so that's been great (laughs) I could say your mom's definitely always sharing your your (laughs) incredible (laughs) things on Facebook but that could be that could be something that people might come up against of like oh I have this dream to start mm-hmm. this thing or I have this passion and a lot of times maybe some parents want you to go down a more traditional route mm-hmm. of well okay that's fun but like you have to go to college or you have to yeah. you know do what they foresaw your mm-hmm. future as but I mean you've done the amazing thing of being able to do both of going to school and <laughs> creating this business but that's not an easy thing to do no it's not at all and I think it comes with a lot of challenges because especially in this space where so many people want to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and have their own business and you know work on their own time and be able to just chase after what they're passionate about it does come with some risks and it and for some people for most people and with those risks to not feel fully supported, it can be really hard. Yeah, it mm-hmm. can be hard not only just to feel like you're good enough at what you're chasing after, but also just like a clash. Because I think that especially with parents, we value what they think so much mm-hmm. the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. So to feel like even if they're trying to get you to, to go a certain way, um, even if they have really good intentions, it can kind of take a toll on you internally. So yeah, it, it's a little contradicting. Yeah. Um. So when... When did it go from a passion to a business? Yeah, so I, throughout the first few years of high school, I would just always be asking my friends if I could photograph them and I would have random little photo shoots and it's always fun to look back on those photos. (laughs) But when I was 15, I, basically the story is that I really wanted to travel or do one of these like summer travel programs that people Mm do. And my parents were like, okay, cool, like you can do that, but you have to pay for most of it, if not all of it. And I was like, okay, sick, sick, sick. Like, <laughs> how does one I make money <laughs> as a 15-year-old? And Figure it out. I love that. She laughs open her piggy yeah. bank. <laughs> I'm like, let me count these dimes. <laughs> no, so, and I had, I mean, it'd been a few years, and I had, you know, taken photos for random things for our our high school. Yeah. But and were you sharing these photos yet, or they were kind of just for you? Um, I was sharing them on Facebook, uh-huh. but they, it was more so, like, for me. Right. Um, but basically, I kind of got this idea in my head. I was like, oh, what if I started doing this for money? And I was like, somehow, I think... It started just because I started telling all my family friends and all my my mom told all her friends like, mm-hmm. oh, Rachel's trying to do photography. But I ran ended up getting a a call about photographing a first birthday party at a gymnastics place in Marriott, and that was my first job. And yeah, <laughs> and so that kind of was 
what I kind of mark as me starting my business. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I was 15. Yeah, so that's... Oh, my God. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and it's definitely evolved since then. I mean, I was telling Rachel before, I'm like... You are so humble, and we love that. We love humble, but we also she's so talented. Wait till you guys go look at her Instagram. She sent us her bio, and I was like, Julia, she is so cool. She did. She shouted me your text, and she was like, she's so cool. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like, and you, you, you wouldn't even really know these things. So maybe we'll give Rachel a really quick segment to like humble brag, like how far you've really come. What, who are some of the people that you photographed? <laughs> yeah, so over the last whatever years, I think it's been eight years since I was yeah. 15. I think that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds like math. <laughs> I'm 21 now. I'm not good at math, but that sounds right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I've had the opportunity to photograph like uh, Kayla Quinn, who was on The Bachelor. She's like super sweet. She's a blogger, all that good stuff. And then Nastia Lukin, who's a olympic gold medalist for gymnastics yeah and then ashley wagner is one of my clients and she's a silver medalist olympian also for ice skating um yeah and then i've also gotten to work with brands like daniel wellington what else peer space which is like airbnb for creatives if anyone's ever heard of it so much more you can see it all (laughs) yeah but and yeah so it's it's just all been very cool because i feel like each opportunity kind of leads to the next and you Mm -hmm. can kind of see the trajectory of like so i worked with kayla and then through kayla that's how nastia found me and i really think that like connecting with people like that is like key to building your business so Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen how that has helped me grow my client my clientele and stuff I want to kind of circle back to taking that first job Mm -hmm. what was it like for the first time asking someone to pay you for what you do yeah so that is something that obviously was difficult at first and I think continues to be something that I sometimes struggle with even to today because Mm -hmm. I think that when you're working for yourself and you're setting your own rates that's that's a difficult task to do Mm -hmm. because you're the only person who can ever give yourself a raise right because if you're booking at a consistent price and you're doing an amazing job you're bettering your skills you're reaching higher markets you have to recognize within yourself that you're you need to raise your rates like it's time kind of thing Mm -hmm. but when I first started doing it I was kind of just throwing numbers out there and I was like an hour 75 (laughs) dollars like I think and so that's that's definitely scary but I think it's something that you just have to kind of learn by doing Mm -hmm. and I've been really lucky to have been able to had have had a few different mentors that in my life that have kind of given me feedback on my pricing and different things like that so it's it's a task that can be difficult but it's something that you have to grapple with yeah and do you feel like it's gotten easier for you over time yeah it definitely has but at the same time now that I'm at this point where I'm you know getting increased for jobs that are even larger budgets and I'm like I'm like, can I accept this? You know, and so (laughs) it's definitely something that I don't I don't think probably ever. And I talk to my friends who are older who are, you know, have their own businesses and in creative endeavors. And it's it's definitely it's a it's a thing. That's really hard. And to to say I'm worth this, Mm -hmm. that's a really hard thing to do, even though by yourself you can feel worth it. But sometimes sharing that with someone else can be really scary to be Mm -hmm. like, this is what I see my worth as. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? In in a way. And that's really scary, especially as a young woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
in your teens even Mm -hmm. like it's crazy absolutely especially because when you're working in like a an office setting or something like that it's like you have these evaluations and people are like oh well we've seen this improvement in you but then it's it's your job to see that in yourself exactly take time out of all the craziness to reflect and be like okay this is what I've done this year. This is what I've done this month. This is how much I've grown in this area. And really having to to, to just make that decision on your own. Mm-hmm. But Julia just brought up a really good point about being a young woman. So what is it like for you to be a young woman in this particular field? Yeah, so I think that as a young woman, I've definitely experienced certain moments where People have questioned the validity of paying me for what I do, which is interesting. But I think that the key when it comes to presenting pricing and presenting yourself as a young person doing something that people might not expect you to be doing at your age is just going out there with confidence. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like I'm not going to say, hi, nice to meet you. I'm 20 years old. You know, like that's not as long as you're presenting yourself with maturity and with confidence, I think that that goes a, a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I think people really, really read your energy. And mm-hmm. if you, when they meet you or speak to you on the phone, if they feel kind of that shyness and hesitation, it definitely, it's it's something they can, they can feel automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on the other side also, I have found that all of my clients, once they find out how old I am, they are super supportive usually that's That's usually the case and they're like wow that's awesome that you are like doing this whatever and so that puts more confidence in me and lets me you know do my job to the best of my ability that's incredible yeah that it's really validating Mm -hmm. yeah um you mentioned before mentors how did you come across your mentors i know a lot of people you kind of hear this thing thrown around of like oh well i have this mentor and a lot of people are like well how do i find a mentor how do you know so what was your experience with that yeah, so for me, I I can't say that I have a specific person that I look toward for all of my, you know, when I have questions and stuff like that. But I have had different people who I've spoken to who I know that I can go to. So I once heard someone tell me in one of my classes, um it was like someone coming in for to be a speaker in one of my advertising classes and they said, "Drink a lot of coffee with a lot of people." And that's something that I think I've for sure taken to heart. And I've reached out to photographers who are older than me and been like, hey, I like I'm a, you know, this was a few years ago, but I was like, I'm aspiring to do this and this. Like, I would love to grab coffee with you and talk to you about, you know, and if they are all for like community over competition and that vibe then they they were like willing to speak to me and that's how I learned a lot about pricing and about like learning about Boston and that and though like because that's where I I go to Boston University Mm -hmm. so learning about Boston and New York and the differences and how you know people are the markets the different markets markets. we got it we got there there's the word yeah that's amazing and that's I think a a scary thing for a lot of people to reach out but Mm -hmm. you really just have to have just do it yeah and honestly like I really think that if you're reaching out to the when I reach out to people I don't just randomly find them and then reach out to them it's someone who I've been following for a while Mm -hmm. and engaging with their content Mm -hmm. and making it known that I admire them before sending out that email so that way they already have an idea of who I I am that's a great piece of advice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I now I'm getting uh, this I don't mean to be like ooh, look at me but now I I am getting people who are reaching out to me now to to, re- to get caught with me and you know be like I'm an aspiring photographer and 
I I will meet I love getting coffee with people and I'll I've FaceTimed people who live in different places to mm-hmm. you know give them advice and stuff like that but I I really respect and I'm way more willing to deal with people who I I know, like they've made their presence known to me like mm-hmm. it's not like they're randomly you know if you're reaching out to me because you love my photography and you're like oh I love your Instagram but you don't follow my Instagram so I, I think right I think that's a big like key to, yeah, to finding people yeah. is is actually showing genuine like interaction with them mm-hmm. that's a great piece of advice because yeah. I think there are a lot of people who it's like or even I, I am following them Mm -hmm. but I haven't been engaging with them and then to all of a sudden kind of rip that band-aid off and to be like hi this is me but when you have that connection of like oh yeah I've seen you you know comment on my stuff or share my stuff that's when it's a mutual uh, a mutual gain because if they're sharing your stuff then more people get to see you and that's exposure for you and then you can take the time which is the most precious thing we have to go and have a coffee with them and share your experience Mm -hmm. so I love that absolutely and I think it also really shows the value that it's okay to take a leap and it's okay to take a risk. And I think we're very scared of rejection. So mm-hmm. reaching out to someone who is older than you or just someone who you admire that feels like they're on a different playing field than you, mm-hmm. I think it really shows that just you got to take the risk sometimes and, and not worry about the potential rejection because on the other side could be a really, really beautiful connection yeah. that you can either have for a long time or really learn from whether it's just one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. So, so traveling, that's why yeah. this is all started. Um, so you got to travel a lot with this now, right? Yeah. It's, it's been incredible because I feel like recently it's come very full circle because I started my business because I wanted to travel and I had these big aspirations of visiting places that seem so foreign from, you know, suburban Long Island. And your landscape pictures are like insane. <laughs> so insane. Thank you. And so now, now that I'm getting paid to go places for photography jobs it's just absolutely mind-blowing for me how how that's happening so yeah (laughs) so what are some of your favorite places that you visited yeah so I last summer I shot a wedding in Tuscany Italy which was (laughs) (laughs) yeah I have to say that that was probably one of my favorite experiences that I had that I had through that um, because it was just a gorgeous setting. And when you're in a place like that, how could you take a bad photo? <laughs> you know? Really? Yeah. So gorgeous. And just being able to connect with my clients there. And it just adds a whole nother level of beauty to the work you're creating when you're in a new place and you're seeing new, like exciting things. Mm-hmm. And it's so inspiring art- as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bet. yeah and then so what I do usually when I'm traveling is I'll announce to my like on my Instagram and on my social media channels that I'm traveling somewhere and that's usually after I say that is when I'll get bookings because people are like oh I'm actually going to be there at the same time. I was just going to ask that like how you get people to want to book you is it through word of mouth is it through social media is it through a website? Yeah, well, marketing is a whole nother thing, yeah. but when it comes to travel jobs in general, it's either I do get people who reach out and are like, I'm getting married in South Carolina and I love your work and I want you to be the photographer mm-hmm. and I'm going to fly you down. And I'm like, well, shit. I'm like, okay, <laughs> guess I'm going to South Carolina. Uh, and then there's also the other thing where I do make sure that I'm I love to travel so I'm trying to be you know as actively seeing new places as I can and so I announce when that's happening and then that's when people who are following me are like oh my gosh like me and my boyfriend are gonna be there 
can we do a session? And so mm-hmm. through that, I've been able to do shoots in um, in London, in Malaga, in Spain, and in Singapore once. Oh my God. Oh my God. So <laughs> random. But I was visiting my best friend in Singapore, and someone saw I was in Singapore, and I was like, Amazing. okay. <laughs> but it just goes to show, it's like you wanted to do this thing. You wanted to travel. How were you going to do that? You found a way to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that that's... That, the most amazing thing that I think about you Rachel is that you literally it started as one thing I want to travel and it turns into this business that allows you to do that mm-hmm. and I feel like there's so many people who are like oh, well I want to do this thing or this thing and it's finding your way in what about you what talent do you have can get you closer to that mm-hmm. and how do you make that work for yourself and I think that that is like the ultimate example of doing that really <laughs> thank are. you <laughs> you really sure. are no, it's so cool and how did you transition to since you started taking pictures of your friends and all that Mm. stuff and now it seems like a majority of your stuff is like more wedding based Mm -hmm. and stuff like that right yeah so well obviously so I study advertising which has definitely been a benefit in terms of like kind of go hand in hand yeah in terms of like yeah like I don't necessarily learn how to do Instagram marketing in school but I'm learning about how to write proper you know all Mm -hmm. those things that kind of all work together but it's definitely been a learning process of finding out what what marketing avenues are going to give me my greatest like return on investment and so it's it's definitely trial and error but i i'd say that usually people find me through instagram through client referrals through facebook and i do advertising i do paid advertising on all these different platforms mm-hmm. and so it's just you know learning mm-hmm. like you're you really just have to identify when when you're running a business and you want to do ads like that you have to identify your target audience and then really just like I like just yeah just like exactly just go for it and be like I want a 24 year old woman who likes urban outfitters and (laughs) made well and I'm like that specific yeah yeah you really have to get that specific if you want to like be creating Mm -hmm. like I you know I I, so yeah so like I'm doing a lot of weddings right now which is like so fun and I do commercial work too but I Mm -hmm. advertising and advertise it in different ways so I don't because I don't really want to mix I don't want my wedding clients to necessarily be bombarded with pictures of food at restaurants because then like it doesn't appear that I'm full Uh, like fully a wedding photographer mm -hmm. and so you really just have to be smart about where you're putting where you're sharing the different content yeah where you're sharing different content too yeah especially for someone who does multiple things like Mm -hmm. there are some people who are just wedding photographers but you do you do landscape you do wedding you do Mm -hmm. you do so many different things so niching it down and making that yeah and just learning like where like for example like commercial work is way more word of mouth and like Mm -hmm. knowing people at ad agencies and knowing the art buyers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because that's more of like having the connections to Mm -hmm. think of you when they have a job opportunity Mm -hmm. versus with wedding clients they're only going to hire you once Mm -hmm. and so you need to be at the forefront wherever they're looking for Mm -hmm. that kind of Mm -hmm. service you know what I mean Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so it's savvy. Yeah, right? <laughs> so savvy. Take a class from her. <laughs> but we've heard so much about, of course, how proud we are of you and all of your success. But what is something, what's the most difficult part, would you say, about mm-hmm. your job in your 20s, especially? Yeah. So I think being a business owner at this age and also being in college and ha- trying to have a social life, it's yeah. definitely a balancing act. And I, it's really easy to overschedule myself and it's really easy to just become so overwhelmed with how many things I have to do. But something that I think I learned 
like my sophomore year is which is when also photography started picking up more and I started getting big bigger clients Mm -hmm. was really when you look at things as a whole it's so intimidating and you're like oh my gosh I have to do this I'm in an acapella group I'm like I have a I have a gig on Friday (laughs) I have a wedding on Saturday I gotta get coffee with someone on Sunday (laughs) and I want to see my friends and maybe I want to go out you know yeah maybe you want to go to a party yeah have to study for a test exactly yeah let's not forget about academics (laughs) (laughs) and so I think but when so when you look at it that way it's like oh my god but basically like every morning almost I wake up and make a to-do list and when you when you look at things and you compartmentalize them and you're like this is what I have to do today mm-hmm. that makes it we world easier love that yeah I love to-do lists like it's, I love a calendar I love a to-do list yeah but I'm actually I like I'm totally it's weird because I feel like I'm super I'm very like digital savvy except I can't use Google Cal. I have like a physical calendar. I used to be like that until recently. Until the the turn of the century. Yeah. Until twenty twenty. Until twenty twenty. I always, always, always. I was like, I will never use Google Calendar. I like to write down. And now I use Google Calendar. It's life changing. Really? Like I should hop on this train. You have to hop on the train now. I I think the train left the station without me. We both hopped on at the same time. January first, Google Calendar hit me up. Like it it was like you need me. And And now it helps us so much with our podcasting. We invite each other to every event. Yeah. Where we have color coordinated things. The color coordination. I'll consider it. I'll consider it. The best part about it is that you don't have cross outs. Because mm-hmm. I used to hate when you would cross things I think out I think your pencil, doesn't she? I use pencil. I don't like eraser marks. I see that. Yeah. I, I understand There's that. There's no eraser marks. There's no cross. I, I just like, I, I like writing things. I, and I it's so satisfying to like actually like write down a goal and then it check is, it though. off. I'm yeah. like, edit so-and-so's gallery. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I did that. It is. It's very satisfying. It's so satisfying <laughs> checking off that to-do list. Yeah. Thing. But circling back, like I, I really yeah. do feel like it's it's about um, prioritizing what's important to you mm-hmm. and also recognizing that your time is limited and you really have to, in my free time, like devote it only to people who like I know are feeding me the mm-hmm. positive energy that I need. Yep. And this it's is going to sound mean, but like, per- yeah, yeah, it's not mean. no, no, <laughs> but like peripheral, like peripheral friends who like aren't really serving like Mm -hmm. you as much and and serving sounds weird but just you know what I mean like you're not as invested in each other's Mm -hmm. lives I feel like I'm really in it for like long my long-term friendships absolutely and it's yeah and so it can be exhausting to be like I'm getting coffee with this person this day and this person this day and then a drink with this person Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not sustainable mm-hmm. for yourself yeah. or your wallet. Right. That's so, sure. yeah, like $6 coffee, like every day, like yeah. you can't, yeah. you can't do that. Um, and so, yeah, it is about choosing where, where you're going to put your valuable time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We talk about that all the time mm-hmm. and, and how special genuine connections are to us. And that doesn't mean that you can't have friends that you don't have this deep, yes. you know, connection with, but there is something, you know, extra special, especially when you are, someone that has a million things to do and sometimes we have seasons that are more busy and some Mm -hmm. seasons that are less busy but I think really choosing we talk about all the time choosing where to put our our energy Mm -hmm. and knowing that you know we can't give to other people if we're not filled up ourselves and um, choosing people that really do serve us yeah and I have to say too I feel like another way that I really get my thoughts into order is about two and a half years ago I started journaling Mm -hmm. and I 
off whenever I feel like there's just so much going on. And I also really like to record my memories and I don't want to ever forget them. So when I write everything down and mm-hmm. then that's how I feel like I'm like, that's my therapy, you know? Yeah. I'm like, this is everything that's on my right, chest. When you have so much going on to have mm-hmm. that space that's just for you. Yeah. To, to unpack it. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yay. I was going to say that I truly try to get eight hours of sleep every night because okay. I'm in on that now too. Yeah. I was never that. 2020. I was 2020. 2020. Eight hours of sleep. Eight hours of sleep. Eight hours of sleep. Google Calendar 2020. Yeah. No, because honestly, I feel like it makes the, a world of a difference and mm-hmm. like I can't, I mean, I'm a morning person anyway, but if it's like 9 p.m., my brain is fried. Mm-hmm. There's oh, nothing, yeah. there's no value, right. there's nothing valuable that I can do with the ne- other whatever hours of the right. evening. You're not going to go first start editing a gallery. No, yeah. no, because when I do that, I wake up the next morning and I and look at like, the edits it. and I'm like, that's a whack. I'm like, they're literally green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like I, at some point you just put it down and you're like, all right, tomorrow's a new day, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. We always talk about the power of journaling because it's just, if you, you know, and we totally encourage therapy in any degree, but <laughs> um, it's really cool because you really get to think about, just reflect on things and, and sometimes things come up you don't even realize you were thinking. It was mm-hmm. kind of just in your subconscious or whatever. So it's definitely, it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. This is about social life. I wish I had a, a nicer way to phrase my question. Do you, Have you come up against friends taking advantage of your talent for people in your life I understand yeah no I don't think it comes off bad at all but because I think that's something that business Mm -hmm. owner like when when you're you're, yeah especially creative yeah skill that you provide right especially a creative one yeah where's the line of like I'm having a fun photo shoot with my friend or you know someone's not paying me for my service Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I've a been very grateful to have the most supportive community around me and b I think that I've over the years been able to draw a line and be like my friends don't ask me to bring my camera places anymore because they know that camera means work yes and when I'm trying to have fun like I don't want my camera there (laughs) you know like unless I'm like traveling by myself and I want you know but but it but it's like way different you know because it just it adds an extra layer of stress where it's like oh I need to be capturing things when sometimes I just like this is cheesy but like live life outside of the lens uh-huh absolutely which I think about a lot but yeah so I mean and I am so happy like for my closest friends to take photos of them and if like if they you know are like oh I need a new profile picture I'm like okay let's take five minutes right. you know but I think the people who can do that know that they can do that mm-hmm. and the people who can't know that they can't yeah. and yeah. which and I think I it was worse years ago mm-hmm. because but now I think because people are like oh she legit legit they're like <laughs> it's, you know I think right. that they respect the boundary now yeah and mm-hmm. that's a testament to you as well it, like what you said before is really just surrounding yourself with the people that fill you up mm-hmm. and in not keeping those excess people close because it's it's fine to have those people that you're mm-hmm. like oh when I see you I see you and mm-hmm. we'll have a nice conversation and like maybe I will comment on your picture on Instagram but to be like <laughs> who am I going to give my time to mm-hmm. and that that's a testament too because a lot of 
a lot of people struggle with that with saying no Mm -hmm. someone that used to be a friend or someone that's an acquaintance but at the end of the day Rachel you said it like you you only have so much time especially when your time is divided between so many things especially in your 20s I feel like that comes up Mm -hmm. a lot you start to get more and more responsibilities Mm -hmm. and there has to come a point where you have to say you know I can't give my energy to all of these people Mm -hmm. who who am I going to give my energy to and making those decisions and that's a really hard thing to do yeah I think it's something I struggled with like the the entire of my maybe my first three years of being in college because also when you're in college every single person wants to everyone's like always trying to meet new people make new friends which is amazing and I love meeting new people there's nothing I love more like that's one of the reasons I love my job but in 2019 one of my resolutions (laughs) was was to like figure out where that time should be devoted and thankfully that has helped me you know de- like compartmentalize yeah yeah for sure and I think a really hard thing about being in your 20s as well is that it feels like it's a time where so many different things happen some people have settled down some people haven't some people whatever but I think the reality is most people you know not to generalize entirely but are settling down a little bit later so I think we feel like our 20s is like okay we have to hustle 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 before life gets even more real yeah so we tend to put so much on our plates to like accomplish as much as we can before Mm -hmm. that time comes kind Mm -hmm. of so I think that's how we start to overwhelm ourselves and you know sometimes we try to paint such a clear path when things come up and we can't always control the things that come up Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you seem to have a great grist great grasp on (laughs) on um balancing but especially being in college are there times where it's really challenging yes yeah I've definitely had to miss out on events and social gatherings that I it really was upsetting for me not to be at I mean for example like I like I said I'm in an acapella group and that means so much to me it's been like the only consistent Mm -hmm. thing in my life for like the past four years (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys but (laughs) yeah so I, I actually like I book weddings a year in advance, right? So I, I booked a wedding in like a random weekend in April thinking like, oh, I won't have anything that weekend. And then it was actually the final concert for my acapella oh, no. group, which Brenda, who is in an acapella group in college, totally understands yeah. how much oh, this means. That's so painful. And I was like at this wedding like in New Hampshire and all my friends were like, you know, in Boston putting on this concert and it was my best friend's like last concert. I was like, oh so sad yeah. but and that's really hard to have to miss out on social things yeah for no, that's, that's really challenging yeah I think that that's something that we deal with if you have a if you work for yourself especially but also if you have a job that's not a quote-unquote like traditional nine to five mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. nine to six or whatever five days a week it's it's hard because you're not on the same schedule as everybody else especially if you're traveling yes. like that's like my job too I'm on a totally different schedule than yeah else. and the <laughs> hardest thing is saying like oh, no, I might have to miss your birthday party yes. or, you know, your this really fun thing that all of our group of friends is going to. <laughs> and that's that's difficult, especially yeah. at this age. Yeah, you know? and I have to say, now doing, like, now doing way more weddings, weddings are always on weekends. Yeah. And so while all my friends are, you know, working during the week and then available on weekends, I'm chilling half of the day during like a Monday right. I'm like anyone want to like hang out and everyone's like I was like I'm at work and I'm like oh sick like um cool <laughs> I feel your pain yeah yeah I do definitely so because we talked about so many women in their 20s wanting to start a business or wanting to do their own thing is there any advice that you would give someone who would want to start their own business yeah so I feel like in this 
like in 2020, whatever, in this era, so many people, it it really is the age of being able to be an entrepreneur. And I feel like things like social media and technology obviously are so like conducive Mm -hmm. to people being able to create this path for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I think that the advice that I would give is to not be afraid to stray from the norm because if you take that risk and it works out, like, hell yeah. Like, you yeah, just yeah. created something. And, like, I feel like people always ask me, like, like how do you do this? And I'm like, I kind of just dove in head first. Yep. And it's just, ev- and every single step of the way, you're meeting new people. I have something. This is, this is all of that, but also, this is, this this is, is my it. thing. I really feel that every single person that I meet is has an entire network that I don't know. And so every single connection Mm -hmm. you have introduces you to a whole other world of people. Mm -hmm. And so it's about not being afraid to meet someone new and you meet new people every day Mm -hmm. and making sure they know what you're doing. Every Mm -hmm. time I meet someone, like I'll be working at a coffee shop and if someone like looks over and sees my sees what I'm doing sees that I'm editing and they start talking to me about it I whip out a business card you know I'm like a, that's so smart and because every single because then they who this person who I met randomly you know I don't know anyone that they know right. and they know hundreds thousands of people right. and, and you never know who they might know exactly and so I think that that is a huge thing that people don't realize that and not in like a not in like a what can this person do to help me but in a way that it's just like every new connection may lead to so many new opportunities that you didn't Mm -hmm. even know were possibilities Mm -hmm. so that is what i would say to anyone who is that's interesting especially in this day and age of the headphones head down kind of thing yes we're and being in our phones all the time when we're sitting at a coffee shop we're in our phones we're on the subway we're in our phones like Mm -hmm. look up Mm-hmm. No, and I and I know you. it sounds so cheesy, and like everyone says it, and you know we had that YouTube video, look up p- poetry thing, so overdone. But it is so true because let me tell you that I actually booked a wedding while sitting at a coffee shop editing because I didn't have my headphones in, and this girl started talking to me, and she was like, "I'm engaged," and I was oh like, God. "I was like," and I was like, "Wow, that's the best six dollar latte I ever bought," <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it is so important. You never know. You it never is. know. It's so important. No, it's so yeah. important. I did have another question about um, college. Yeah. When when you were deciding to go, number one, there, it's a three-part question. Okay. <laughs> the first question is, did you always know you wanted to go to college? You already kind of had this business set up before you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there ever a thought of maybe I'll just do my business and not go to college? Or was college always kind of in the plan for is you. that part one that's part one you can okay. answer that part first <laughs> okay i'll answer that part first so yeah i think i always knew that i wanted to go to college because i i really value education and i think that no matter if i was no matter what i do going forward whether i'm you know forever a full-time photographer or if i want to pursue something else like studying advertising has helped me tremendously especially the connections that I've been able to make through being at Boston University my professors everything I just feel have been so helpful to me as a person as a like in my career everything yeah and then you kind of said it but like the the second part was did you ever think that you were going to study photography in college or what was the why was the choice to study something Mm -hmm. different yeah so for a moment I did consider studying photography in college but then I kind of felt I I'm confident that I have this skill Mm -hmm. 
in photography. So why not go learn a new skill that can help me reach my goals Mm -hmm. through a different way, if that makes sense. And I think you also kind of mentioned that through your different experiences, you've grown you know, with your talent and, and all that stuff. Yeah, too. and I think if I studied photography specifically, and I think something, I think something that a lot of artists struggle with is that they don't know how to market themselves. Yep. And yeah, because I think, like, I so I, I I read this book called Real Artists Don't Starve, and it's about how like we have this concept of like a starving artist mm-hmm. because I, a lot of people feel like they should. That work's just going to come to them, and if, that if they like, you know, are idle, their that their talent will like just draw those jobs to them. But it's actually the other way around because you have a talent, but no one's going to know about it unless you tell them about it. That's a great piece mm-hmm. of advice. Yeah, and so you really have to go out there and make sure that and find ways to make sure that people know what you're doing. And that's why real artists don't starve because you're not starving because you are making money but when you're an artist that if that's what you choose to make money off of that is your business and you have to treat it like a business Mm -hmm. i mean i know so many actors who are brilliantly talented actors but aren't getting work because like you said they're sitting home waiting to be called upon for their talent Mm -hmm. but now it's your business you have to yeah and also i i had a professor last semester who said something to me that kind of stuck with me and he was like I love people who don't ask for permission to do to make shit mm-hmm. and I was like wait I love that because it's like if if you you know if you're an actress and you're and you're not getting any work go out there and, and make some work mm-hmm. and just put it out there into the world and maybe someone will come across it mm-hmm. and find and see something special in you and I think especially as a creative that's I think a lot of people come up against this wall when it goes from a passion to a job Mm -hmm. and like how do you bridge that gap of like I do this because I love this and I do this now because I need to make money off of it and that's a I mean that's something I've certainly struggled with and like have had to find my way through but it's I think that that's a hard thing for a lot of creatives like how do you build that bridge Mm -hmm. you know third yes part part three part part three three (laughs) was was there ever a thought of I don't want to work through college and like I'll pick this back up when I'm done or what was your thought process of like I'm gonna just continue my business while I'm studying away at school I think I didn't even realize how much I was building my business at the in when I was like in it my first few years of college and then all of a sudden I was like shooting like three times a week whether it was like paid or you know a collaboration with someone then then I was like oh like I oh I'm working. I'm, I'm working? Like, right. that's happening? And so, yeah, but I, I think I never wanted to stop it because I was, like, on a roll. And I mm-hmm. also think that living in Boston has given me definitely a lot of opportunity because Boston is so... People don't realize that the population of Boston is, like, 750,000 people. So Compared to New York, Man, yeah. what is Manhattan? Like, 7 million. Oh you know yeah. what I mean? And so, like, when you're, place in a, when you're living in a place that's much smaller, the opportunities are more accessible Mm -hmm. and so I never once was like oh I'm gonna stop this Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was on a on a train that I just needed to like keep on keep on (laughs) chugging along we love trains today (laughs) no but I think also what's really beautiful is that when you're doing something that you really love and are consistently inspired by and that's ever-changing and the situation is different the people are different that it probably feels 
Although I'm sure every job has mm. its his challenges every every now and then, that it's it's still inspiring and really beautiful to be doing something that you love. Yeah, and I do have to say that I've made some of my best friends through photography, mm-hmm. and so it's it's honest, it's the gift that keeps, keeps on, on giving. giving. Like <laughs> like I really just I, and like I love connecting. Like I meet the coolest people through my job. Like whether it's like wedding clients because they're all doing like freaking amazing things. Mm-hmm. Like and they're all doing different things. Or it's like my commercial work where I get to go to restaurants and meet chefs who are doing amazing things. It's yeah. it's every day is a new adventure. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> I think it's also a lesson too of like listening to the universe. Like the mm-hmm. universe was telling you like keep going because yeah. the, these things were per- you were doing what you were set out to do mm-hmm. and you were doing what you love and the universe was giving that back to you and it didn't it kind of didn't give you the opportunity to be like stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but some people get in their own way and mm-hmm. stop themselves, even though the universe is telling you, like, look, listen, look, yeah. like, yeah. We're, we're opening up for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Rachel, you have given so many <laughs> incredible, incredible tips, especially to, I think, women in their 20s who are kind of dealing with all of this with college and social life. And that's tricky. Is there any resource that you have that has guided you throughout your 20s? It doesn't have to be in relation to photography or business. Yeah. Just something that's kind of helped you through these these early 20 years. Yeah, definitely. So there's a book that I love called The Defining Decade. Don't know if you've read it, but it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's the perfect book for people listening to this podcast because it talks about your 20s and how a lot of times uh, like people in our generation view it as like oh this isn't real life yet you know real life comes later Mm -hmm. because that's what the world is telling us but in reality the foundations that you lay in your 20s whether it be in your romantic life in your career in your social life are all going to have a massive impact on you Mm -hmm. in every decade after so it's it's a really good read yeah and then i would also say that i think something that's been super valuable to me is and i know it's it's like scary and I know you guys have this in your friend group but like I really love to have like real raw vulnerable conversations with my friends because I mean I I I can't even tell you like how helpful it is to like have people who you're talking about real things you're talking about like the effects of work on your romantic life your social whatever like it's just such a your friends are some of your most valuable resources absolutely and that's what we really hope you know, this podcast will do for people is if they don't have that type of connection or if they don't have those conversations with people in their lives to really be able to kind of listen in on this and, and say, wow, other people feel this. I'm not mm-hmm. the only one. I'm not alone. And yeah, to really help them push forward. So I love that, that you use that. Your oh. friends is your resource. And look, we'll definitely link that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to read that. <laughs> Same. And then our last question is going to be, where can people find you on social media? Anywhere that you want to shout out? Heck yes. So <laughs> follow me on Instagram. It's at Rachel Liner Photo. So not at Rochelle Einer Photo, which is sometimes what people oh, think. No. I get increased all the time. They're like, dear Rochelle. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, did you look at my website? <laughs> But yeah, so at Rachel Liner Photo on Instagram, Rachel Liner Photography on Facebook. That's where you can find me. Thank you so much. Thank you you for having me. Loved having you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together.
Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.